0: steve how are you You look great. You? doing great okay you yeah. didn't say wonderful this time i got you
1: i always say wonderful i know i was trying to kind of keep it fresh
0: okay well it's good keeping you look fresh um i'm very excited about today's episode we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve, It's actually with another Steve as well today, but not just any Steve. We've got the voice of Penn State football, Penn State basketball. Really, no offense to Brian Tripp, but the voice of Penn State, in my opinion. Uh, Steve Jones joining the podcast for a great interview. Um, But first, we're going to sell you some stuff um, here on the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, we have what I'm affectionately calling... The stuff we. So now created. this is the
1: stuff summer sells.
0: The stuff summer sells. Ah, oh, that would have been even better. This is, let's redo the whole thing. We're, we're just going <laughs> to redo the whole brand. Um, we have not one, not two, not three, but four lines of merch. We've got a chicken basket uh, line. We have got a uh, zombie nation line. And then I worked with my dear friend Eric Layton to design uh the literally no rivals line and the game day line and steve your stuff is coming it is it is on i on the way there are other people that have already got their stuff i'm not wearing my stuff because it's not here yet but it is coming i'm excited are you excited about your stuff i can't wait okay
1: I am excited about that
0: here's the other thing would you're listening wonderful. To this,
1: so you're back to wonderful
0: now. i'm back to wonderful probably if you're listening you can go win stuff on my Instagram. You have to to go to the one post and just tag who you would share a Beaver Stadium chicken basket with. Simple as that. Okay. We have a
1: contest for the merch too.
0: We've got we've already got contests. Steve, we are. This is great. I we are. I was thinking about this the other night. We when we, we launched the blog, we said we were a media uh, media empire. Now I think we're just like a conglomerate. Where we've got media, we've got fashion. Uh, it who might, knows what's next? It might
1: need some bigger numbers next to it to be a conglomerate, but baby steps. We're getting there. We're getting
0: there. All right. Anyways, uh, great show. Um, go ahead and take a go listen to this interview with Steve Jones. He was very kind for a really great, interesting chat, um, really about his career and kind of the behind the scenes of Fence football. Uh, take, a, take a listen there. Steve, normally I say Steve to start a a podcast episode or a podcast segment. I can't do that tonight, um, but it's it's with good reason. We're we're joined by slightly more famous Steve than Steve Samsel, uh, slightly, just, just, just a little bit. Steve Jones, the voice of Penn State football. Uh, he's got a radio show as well. Really the voice of Penn State in, in my head joins the podcast. Steve, how are you?
2: Great to be with both of you guys tonight. This will be a lot of fun.
0: All right, Steve, let's, let's start here. You are entering year what? Of, of announcing uh,
2: football. well basketball would be my 42nd season overall okay. football would be 32 and 24th as the play-by-play announcer wow
0: okay um does it make you concerned to know that i'm not even 30 does that does that stress you out a little bit
2: <laughs> well i remember years ago one of the players one of the defensive ends came up to me at practice like 2008-9 or something like that and he says i've been listening to you my entire life <laughs> I said, went okay <laughs> i guess that would be true uh we are at the point where i think every player on the team was born after i started doing the job so
0: <laughs> now <laughs> yeah no we're
2: into that so, interesting phase
0: now i'm definitely one of those people so um hey all right so let's let's stop there for a second that's a uh, certainly a large number of years, no offense, um, but I think ultimately my question for you is what is your why? What keeps you coming back now, 24 years, 42 years on the hoop side, uh, keep doing this?
2: Because it's more fun than ever. Uh, you know, I had a vision, You know, before you take any job, you have this grand vision of what the job's going to be like, and then when it exceeds the vision... And it's more fun than you thought it was going to be. And you thought it was going to be a lot of fun to begin with. (laughs) I mean, that's what keeps happening over and over again. I mean, I just went through a season where Penn State went to and won a Rose Bowl. I just went through a season where Penn State went to and actually won a game in the NCAA basketball tournament. And it's just more fun and more exciting than ever for me because I enjoy it so much. And above all, it's the people I work with. Uh, you know, you're sitting there and you look to your right on a football game and that's Jack Ham, and Jack's phenomenal with no ego and just does such a great job. And then I go to basketball and have Dick Girardi and he's the same way. And if you're not working, if you know, and working with phenomenal people like that is another reason where you just like, can't wait to get to work. Uh, and you get to sit there and talk about football and basketball it's not a bad life (laughs) just sit there not out there digging ditches in the cold or the heat Uh, I'm talking about football and basketball and I'm doing it with friends and that's really a cool job
0: I guess uh, oh go ahead
2: Steve
1: we'll probably talk more football today but I'm curious how good did basketball feel last year to, to, to get to the tournament and win a game and I mean obviously you're not playing but there's been a lot of Average to not quite good basketball, you've, you've called, to be fair, through the years. So it had to be, or maybe did, how did it feel to be able to, to be with a team through that level and call that action at that point?
2: After they lost to Rutgers, Steve, uh, Dick Girardi and I were done with the broadcast. They had the big lead by 19. They lost the game. And it put them in a precarious position about getting to the NCAA tournament. And I walked out of the booth. And I looked at Dick. I said, you know what? You and I have done this for 19 seasons. We've only done one NCAA tournament game. Uh, and and then from that point on, they took off. And the finish, the the winner shot at the end of the Northwestern game in overtime, the winner rebound of the shot to beat Maryland. Then the run to the Big Ten tournament championship game, which was reminiscent of the last time they went because they did the same thing in 2011. They ran the championship game. Then they go to this thing, and they win in the opening round and played so well against Texas A&M. It really was a lot of fun, because Will Teeman of Michigan State, you'll love this story, was complaining to me about a year ago. He says, oh, God, we're not very good this year. He said, I can't believe it. He said, we'll go to the tournament. We'll lose in the first round. And I said, excuse me. I said, I've done this for four, at this point, 40 years. I said, well, I've been to the tournament four times. (laughs) I've said, i only done seven NCAA tournament games in my career. And he looked at me and he said, wow, that does give me perspective. (laughs) So, so they do all the hard work. We get all the fun of of calling it, but it was gratifying to see them do it. That's for sure. Because, you know, when you, you go to the NCAA tournament, you know that you know who knows how far anybody goes but you're playing for the national championship and that's one of the cool elements of it as to as you watch hey you're done there's 32 teams left okay great let's see what happens can
0: they get to kansas city
1: thank you
0: uh, are we finding out that steve jones is a basketball guy first is that is that why, where your bread and butter kind of really started and, and picked up is that what, what i'm learning here
2: well it's uh of the two jobs it's the play-by-play job i got first uh and and if i didn't i think that job and the performance in that job and the fact that even though you don't get the numbers listening to you it at least establish yourself as somebody that would be considered for the football job so one led to the other and i think uh, had i not done basketball here it would have been exponentially more difficult for me to be seriously considered for the football job so one really helped the other.
0: What was that moment like when you kind of got that phone call that you were going to be the play-by-play for Penn State football?
2: Well, it wasn't a phone call. Uh, halftime of the Penn State Minnesota basketball game, Bud Tolman came up to me and he said, hey, uh, can we talk tomorrow? I said, sure. He says, but I, he says can we meet at my house? because he didn't want anybody to know, he didn't want anybody to see me going into the office to talk to him. So I went over at his house and that's when he offered me the job. And he said, "He said, what are we gonna do about basketball? And I said, well, I already had thought it out. I said, I would have missed the total of one basketball game in two years if I'd done football. He said, fine, we're all set on both. So what was it like? Well, it uh, was obviously for me incredible. It was life-changing. Uh, At the same time, it also was great for my family because I, you know, know, Kathy and I have five kids. And so, and we had uh, a few that were uh, getting ready to go to college. (laughs) So so that part didn't hurt either (laughs) along the the way. Uh, But it was some it's something I always wanted. It was always a career goal. It's not something you're assured of attaining. It's very difficult to get. And it was one of those incredible can you believe this happened moments i guess do, more,
1: the, do more people listen to you on radio or stream now what are those numbers like do you have a sense of of where people are hearing well, you at
2: i don't uh, steve i don't know because i have people telling me that they hear me on stream you now with, with dick and jack i have some people say they listen to us on the radio i have some people say they listen a lot of people say they listen to us on SiriusXM you know, because when uh, Penn State's at home, uh, Sirius XM always picks up the broadcast. Now, they do once in a while on the road, and back in 2004, Sirius had called me and they wanted me for the uh, Indiana game for the pregame shows. 2004 is going to be on the road, and so they interview me. I answer all the questions, and they're done. He says, Hey, Steve, hey, thanks a lot for doing this. Hey, I appreciate it. He says, I said, so I said, you guys are carrying the games? He says, yeah. I said, who are your announcers? And he says, you. I said, what? <laughs> I, I never knew until that point that they were carrying the games. So it's a real mix, I think, between stream over the year. And of course, there are people listening in the stadium because mm-hmm. it's in real time. And then there are a lot of people who have said they listen uh, on, um, on Sirius XM. So, That's so cool.
0: As- aside from people, where people tune into you what has been the kind of the biggest change especially as the world has shifted more digital you know in the last really 15 years or so uh for you really in terms of what i do
2: there's no change i mean darian there there really isn't uh now it's a lot easier for example when i get an interview with james franklin it's on a digital format and I can put it into a computer and I can, you know, and then I can send it to the network, you know, and I don't have to worry about bringing a bulky tape recorder with me someplace. So, I mean, that digital part has worked out well. You can do editing on computers, which has helped I've done a daily show for a long time in the Penn state network. And there are times you have to edit out certain elements. So, you know, I've learned how to do that, which has helped, (laughs) And I've surprised myself at times that maybe I'm a little far more uh, digitally literate than I ever thought I might be along the way. Because when I started doing this way back when, we had reel-to-reel tapes and we'd have to splice and use tape and splice and use tape. And now I can edit off a computer and most of the time I can get it to work right.
1: There's <laughs> this paper. Pace of the game with teams getting more plays in football matter at all or, or matter much in a broadcast?
2: It, it matters for Jack. Mm-hmm. All right. And, um, but way back when Penn state was playing Pitt, Steve uh, in three river stadium and we got to halftime and I felt like Jack had been rushing in the first half, like, right, right. So we got to halftime. I said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? He said, sure. I said, I said, it, "I said, it feels like you're rushing. Why are you rushing? He says, well, I want to make sure you get it back. And I said, geez, Jack, I don't care if I get it back. I said, everybody wants to hear what you have to say, and I want to hear what you have to say. Because I feel like Jack and Dick are the two most important people in the broadcast because they explain the what and the why. I mean, I, you know, I'm following the ball, but they're explaining what and why, and I think fans really love what and why above all. And I said, look, take as long as you need. If you go longer, I'll do, I'll pick it up and go shorter. If you go shorter, then I'll do more formations and things like that. I said, but don't feel like you have to hurry. This is because people want to hear what you're thinking. And I said, I want to hear what you're thinking. And that's one of the parts of the job that people sometimes don't realize is that you have to be a good listener in the job. You have to be a really good listener in interviews because if you're just going to the next question, you may miss parts of an answer that could take the interview in a better direction. Same thing with the broadcast. If I'm not listening to what Jack or Dick happen to be saying, and I'm just in my own world thinking, okay, who's the running back out there? Then we may miss an opportunity to go in a much better direction. So listening is an important part of it. And when you have two gems like that, and they are gems, And I think Penn State fans uh, are incredibly fortunate that these are their two analysts for, you know, for two sports such as this. You know, I think it's important to listen to what they have to say. And it's important for me to listen to what they have to say.
0: I think the biggest thing for me with, especially Jack, listening to you guys on on football games more often is your relationship shines through the most in the, the chemistry that you two have away from jack the you know color analyst what is it like what is it like getting to know jack working with jack hanging out with him you know i think and how has that relationship developed
2: he has a tremendous sense of humor uh he's really funny and on top of that uh he has no ego you wouldn't even know that he attended a super bowl let alone played in it and has four super bowl rings Oh, sure. Once, you know, once in a while, you know, we'll be doing something. And he say, Steve, come on down and play golf. And Mike Wagner happens to be one of the golf partners or something like that. (laughs) But 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 Jack's down to earth. You know, he doesn't go around screaming to the heavens. He's Jack Ham. Every single person that comes up to him and asks for a picture he takes. I've never seen him say no. Every single person that asks for an autograph. He always signs. I've never seen him say no. He treats everybody really well people he doesn't know people he does know well uh and he is you know and and he works hard at the job you know he watches a lot of video he talks to a lot of people uh when he comes in here to a practice he spends a lot of time with assistant coaches and he'll talk to james and he'll ask james a lot not a few questions a lot of questions along the way because he wants to be as you know, just like Jack Ham, the football player, he wants to be as prepared as possible for the game. Uh, but he's just an easygoing guy. And, you know, and we have a good time because when we, we, we do play golf, we play as a team. <laughs> and that competitive part will come out because we'll get to the first hole and he'll lean over to me and says, now, look, we can't lose to these guys. <laughs> and I'm saying, okay, I got it.
0: No pressure. No uh, pressure. No,
2: but 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 you know he's just down to earth. I mean everybody's like, oh, Jack Ham, and he's like, yeah, yeah, Jack Ham. <laughs> <Well, laughs> one t- one time in the pregame show, it's like, I don't know, we're like fifteen, sixteen years in. Steve can appreciate that because he knows that um, we used to do it outside the Jordan Center. Well, in commercial breaks, people are standing there with pictures and cards and things like that and balls, helmets, and Jack would sign all it. So one day we're out there and we get to the, like the last commercial break and we look over and there's nobody there. And he looks at me, he says, well, I guess the shine is off the star. And I looked over, and I said, well, geez, Jack. I said, after 16 years, don't you think you got everybody? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good story. That's, that's great. No, I, that really comes through in your relationship and really the, the, the game, call because i think you just hear that and i remember being young i'm from the western half of the state and kind of start to start to figure out who sports idols are in the state And i remember thinking the first time that i heard that it was jack ham going wait a minute that jack ham like the steelers jack ham not not really noticing and i think that does come through in 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 the the broadcast i want to talk about two other people that are kind of relatively behind the scenes in roger and bob um what do they like to, to work with and and you know how much do you enjoy working with them?
2: This entire thing does not happen without Roger and Bob. They do things that we can't do. <laughs> okay. Although I do have a Bob story about, about that. Uh, where I did have to do what Bob does. <laughs> uh, but Roger is the organizer rogers the one that makes sure all the commercial breaks are done rogers the one that does all the commercial reads so i don't have to do it right uh and then bob is the one that takes care of everything technical there's a problem they take care of it we're in ireland for goodness sakes about half hour before we're going to go in the air nothing's working and bob calmly fixes it it's no big deal we got it and these are two pros pros that we just you know we rely on all the time that are just great people i mean just really nice down-to-earth people now i'll tell you the bob story before the rose bowl penn state had a game with delaware state uh this is this past december and penn state had been originally on the schedule the game was for 7 30 But then Delaware State and Penn State had decided a couple of weeks ahead of time to play the game at two o'clock. So at the Quinnipiac game on December twenty-second, Dick Girardi and I were in the post-game show, and I looked up and they're flashing on the scoreboard: next game, Delaware State seven thirty. And I glanced up again; it flipped. Next game, Delaware State two o'clock. What the heck? I said to Dick, "Check that out." (laughs) Well, a week later, we know it's two o'clock. So, Dick and I get there, um, and we're supposed to be on at 1 We get there about quarter of one. It turned out we walked in at the same time. And Dick says, Hey, by the way, Steve Horace Owens is one of the coaches for Delaware State. I said, Oh, great. He used to play at Rhode Island. So, that's how we know him. So, we're going in and we're ch- chatting with him on the court. And suddenly, Chelsea Bialer calls me, the sports information person. I think, Well, that's kind of unusual. So, I answered him, and they said, Yeah, Chelsea, what do you, what do you mean? He says, Hey Steve, I just dropped off the notes in your booth. Um, who's who's engineering the game today? And I said, uh, Bob, Bob Taylor. He says, well, there's nothing set up in there. I said, what? I said, there's nothing set up in there. This is ten after. It's ten after one now. It's twenty minutes to airtime. <laughs> so I go walking up the stairs and I call Bob. I said, uh, hey Bob, where are you right now? He says, uh, I'm in Altoona. I said. Geez, Bob I said we're on the arrow at 1:30 he goes no 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 the game's at 7 30 tonight <laughs> he said no the game is I said no. and this and these are the tones I'm saying I so no Bob actually the game's now I said the game's at two o'clock he says oh my god he says i said I assume the equipment's in the closet he says yeah I said well I'll go grab it he says well he says I'll get in the car he says, I'll talk you through, it. and I said, Bob, this is going to be the equivalent of the air traffic controller telling the passenger how to land the plane. <laughs> That's I great. Got, I got us on the air at 128. <laughs> now, I didn't get everything hooked up, but I got about 90% of it. <laughs>
1: well, the plane landed. That's great. Hey.
2: I did everything except hit it on the slide. <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> said, great.
1: I looked at Dick. I said,
0: "Where does this wire go?" He looks at me. Goes, "I don't know." That's great. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, Bob is. I've worked around Bob. I guess would be the best way to say it. Truly, one of the the best people on the planet. Um, The nicest guys ever. I mean, really. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. What does what does Steve Jones's game day for a football look like? What does what and when does that start? Uh, Let's say the kick is at three thirty
2: um I'll sleep in late <laughs> uh for night games I crack people up because I'll go out and I usually cut my lawn I'm not kidding people always say t- how can you cut your lawn I said because it's getting long <laughs> I need to do it what am I supposed to do I played golf a couple times on on night games uh but like a lot of times like I'll look around and say well I better get some yard work done I mean and then you know then I try to time out when I go over to the game. I don't you know uh, if it's a, if it's you know I'll maybe watch a little bit of game day, not that much I'll watch I watch less of game day than I used to um, ever since they expanded it to three hours, I kind of feel like it's so spread out with how they do things uh, but I'll watch a little bit of it uh, maybe I'll watch a little bit of a game uh that's part of the noon broadcast maybe i'll watch a quarter quarter and a half something like that same thing on the road you know you know the road you're you're obviously you're in the hotel room so you're just kind of just waiting for the bus to leave so i'll watch a little bit of that but uh, yeah then i get over to the game and i do have to record something when i get there so if it's a three thirty game that means we're on at two o'clock that means between one and one thirty, i have to record this opening sequence that they need for the pregame show with James uh, that covers Jack Roger Bob and myself walking to the booth that's what covers that mm-hmm. and so you know and then when I'm done with that I usually go down and I'll say hi to the other announcers um, you know see how they're doing see if you know you know do they need anything is there anything you know and conversely is there anything they can tell me and then we go from there
1: that, in addition to that timeline your preparation you talked about jack's preparation and everybody else's the quality of their work you, you were ready with your west virginia charts when like they're done uh, and ready somewhere and you were done with them they,
2: the end of april
1: okay that's what i thought uh, uh,
2: yeah but i think you have to do steve a lot of off-season work okay. by doing a lot of off-season work then you get to the week of the game and now you have a lot of the basics in there you know number name height weight class hometown what's your career high in rushing what's your career high in receiving because that's not going to change right so you know by taking your time in april and may when there's not a game at the end of that week there's not even a game at the end of the month Mm -hmm. then when you get to the week of the game now okay a freshman may be playing so you move the freshman in you know some guy may may have been hurt the number two guys to play so you move them up and down i have a i use the uh uh, Excel program so I can move and cut and paste guys. Uh, and so it, it, allo- it allows me more time to make sure I'm in practice It allows more time to take a look at tape. Uh, and then I can take a look at what I've done in charge and match it up with the tapes. And, uh, and I'll go back and forth between looking at all 22s and every once in a while I'll watch a TV broadcast because I'm checking pronunciations just to make sure. And on the Penn State guys, I just, you know, if I'm not sure, I just flat out walk up to him and ask him, how do you, and, uh, this is one of my favorites, Adrian Amos. Now, how can you follow up Adrian Amos? Okay. You can't, except Tom Bradley and you know how Tom Bradley is, right? Starts referring to him in practice as Amos, like Amos. Well then, Joe starts referring to Amos like, "Oh, jeez." So you can tell he's a freshman, Steve. He's going to play, and they—you know how they used to have the loading dock in the back of, of Lash Building. He was standing out in the loading dock one day, and I walked up. I said, "Adrian, can I can I ask you a question?" He said, "Sure, Mr. Jones." I said, "Is it Amos or is it Famous Amos Cookies?" He goes, "Ah, oh, jeez, it's like Famous Amos Cookies." I said, I said, said, he said, well, you know how Scrap is. I said, yeah, I know. I said, I've been around him longer than you have. So then, of course, I'm calling him Amos on the air. Do you know how many fans came out to me in four years and said, why why are you the one person that says his name wrong? I said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm not saying his name wrong. No, it's Amos.
1: I said, no, it's not. We have we have somebody in my college that that our dean pronounces mispronounces their name. I'm like, you should be telling the boss that your name is. I'm not telling him. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, but it's, it's the only one I hear you pronounce it that way. Yeah, but that's
2: what I well, tell that... my. But that's what I told my broadcasting class all the time. I said, I said, it's always important to maintain credibility at all times. And one of the things that people pick up on is if you're mispronouncing names. I said, don't do that. OK, that, yeah, I said it's a simple fix. Just ask. And if you're not sure, don't say it.
1: Is is your chapter and verse ability to come up with first time this, longest that, is it all notes? Or, or how much of it is, is do you just know because you've been doing it for so long? Like what percentage is notes and what percentage is steel trap memory?
2: It's both. Um, there are certain notes I have on the chart at all times. Um, so, OK, so, for example, you know, uh, let's take uh, last 200 yard rushing game. Uh, so it's Journey Brown and he did it in the Cotton Bowl. That note is on the chart, mm-hmm. but that's one I don't have to look at, though. Say Nick Singleton or Katron Allen goes over 200. I know right away it's right there. Uh, so stuff like that. It, you know, though, I just keep as a just in case, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, I'll, I don't need that. I'll just do it off the top of my head. Uh, I'd, I'd rather make sure safe than sorry. But There's other stuff that that will happen in the game that I will recall something that happened. Um, like I was and I, and I remember stupid stuff like uh, Marcus Hagens is here. Well, Marcus hagans was the backup quarterback to Matt Schaub when they played in Beaver Stadium. He did not play quarterback in the game, but he returned two punts in the game, right? And, and Penn State killed them that day. They won like 33 to 14 or something like that, some number. And Heath Miller was the tight end for Virginia. And Matt Schaub was the quarterback. And Penn State won with total and complete ease. I'll be able to remember stuff like that, but, you know, you want to be also factually correct, so I make sure I have certain elements there that just in case it's there. And when Bill Belton went over two hundred yards against Illinois, it had been eleven years since Penn State had a two hundred yard rusher. So the Larry Johnson two hundred seventy nine yard rushing note was on my chart for eleven years. But when I needed wow. it, it, but when I needed it, it was there.
1: Right.
2: I, I didn't have to change it. So that was like okay, I don't need to change that. We're good.
1: <laughs> just- think? Oh, this is my last one.
0: That's and then I get out of your way. No,
1: you're fine. I think I think one of the things that listeners get with you and Jack, whether and and you and on basketball as well, is when they tune in, they know what Penn State's doing almost without you giving the score. I mean, and I don't know that you're giving the thing away or you're up or down, but they you're in it enough that they're in it with you because the audio portion is such a a personal way to to consume a game. Are you are you aware of that, or do you feel that, or am I? projecting my opinions of of success or failure on you
2: i'm i'm aware of that um but at the same time i will say this i that the three of us jack dick myself always make sure that quote when the quote other guy is doing something right we give credit to the other guy for doing something right uh great play is a great play uh solomon from for uh uh virginia tech goes out and scores 37 points against penn state like you know for clemson will solomon from clemson scored 37 points we talked about what a great game he had john diebler hit 10 threes against penn state in the jordan center you're talking about a boy what a great game he had uh same thing with with you know the way blake corham and, and 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 donovan edwards played against penn state last year hey look Great plays are great plays. So you've got to make sure that you appreciate really good stuff. But at the same time, I mean, let's be honest about this. Everybody on the planet knows which team (laughs) I want to win the game. (laughs) Okay. But it's not, but I think it's also important though, that I have never once referred to Penn State as we are us on the air. It's still Penn State and the Nittany Lions. So there's still a, that quote separator, but everybody knows. For goodness sakes, you know you uh, say, uh, "Boo Booey hit the three to win the game at Northwestern, right? Yeah, you know you, know, you would you know, hit the shot. The place would have been crazy loud the whole thing." So. It, but you would have been gone back. Oh, Done, gone it. <laughs> right? But the winner hit the shots. So I was like, "Hey, let's go to the bus. <laughs> let's get out of here." You know, and then, you know the same thing in the Rose Bowl where you walk out of a Rose Bowl and the football team that you broadcast for won a Rose Bowl game. You know, and it's, so it's really cool moments like that. But everybody knows which team you want to win the game. And anybody who's broadcasting for a particular team, I think everybody. Anybody who sits there and says, I don't want to say that. Anybody who says, uh, "Oh no, I'm I'm neutral." <laughs> Nobody on the planet's neutral about anything, right? And so, I mean, it's I think it's just better to tell everybody, which you know, hey, look everybody knows which team i want to win i said if you're assuming i want penn state to win you've made a good assumption <laughs> and it's okay to, to do that it, it's okay as long as you're giving the other guy credit when the other guy's doing something right
0: it makes sense too you're the voice of penn state football it, it, you're not the voice of college football you're the voice of penn state football and it, it, people find comfort in that um with i mean you. chris,
2: chris fowler is expected to be down the middle and he does a brilliant job. I mean, I would I think Chris does a brilliant job of being down the middle. Uh, and there's an old story, uh, Kurt Gowdy. This goes way back there. And this is before your time. Okay. And Steve knows this story. Kurt Gowdy did a Rose Bowl. And this is back when there were no emails, Darian. It was letters. And it was Ohio State, USC. So it's over with. And Kurt had a home up in Maine. And all of a sudden, after January 1st, all these letters arrive, and it's all these letters from Ohio State fans complaining to him about what a pro-USC broadcast he did It was disgusting. It's like, oh, my God. So he calls Carl Lindemann, who is the head of NBC Sports. He says, hey, Carl, could you send me the tape? He says, I must have done something wrong. He says, yeah, sure, we'll send it up to you. Well, the next day, the Los Angeles mail came in how could you be so pro Ohio state? What's wrong with you? Yeah, You know, he didn't give USC any credit. He called, Carl to back up. He says, don't bother. It turned out fine. <laughs> That's great.
0: That's great. I have, I have two more for you. I think the, the first one's a relatively quick one. What is the one place that you, whether it's basketball or football that when it's on the schedule and you just go, Oh God, that place is on the schedule. Like, yeah. And you know, it's a tough place to call a game or it's, your least favorite place to call a game?
2: Well, the least favorite place I ever called a game was where the commanders play, FedEx Field. Uh, a, you were in the visitors broadcast booth, and Merrill Reese and I have talked about this several times because Merrill hates that place. And he's done a bunch of games there. I only do it one time. <laughs> you're in the corner of the end zone and you're low. I mean, it's one thing to be in the corner but you're up. For example, the Cowboys, we're on the, you know, for the Cotton Bowl, we're at the goal line, but we're up. If you're up, you could see everything. That's not a problem. I mean, the pinstripe Bowl was an exception. That's a baseball park. So they gave us the Yankees broadcast booth. So we were behind the goalposts, but the worst one was FedEx uh, low. And it's just like, geez, and Auburn wasn't great either. I mean, we're a little higher at Auburn. I was surprised about the Auburn one that that one surprised me. And their uh, press box
0: is over in the corner
2: right yeah, it's in the corner and it okay. used to be at midfield but as brad sham the cowboys broadcaster said to me he says jerry jones went up to me says brad i love you <laughs> he says but see all those ones in the middle he says i need to sell them <laughs> so, no. you know, I mean, he's, he's not wrong but So, yeah, FedEx is the worst. The pinstripe Bowl I can accept because, look, it's Yankee Stadium and, you know, it's the Yankee broadcast booth. And in order to be at the 50, those are luxury suites, which weren't sold, but you had to buy the luxury suite to do the game Mm -hmm. and Learfield wasn't going to do that. So um, so those would be – those, you know, FedEx was the worst one of of all of them. Uh, As time has gone, there have been more and more – places that you know you're you're near the goal line rose bowl at the 50 yard line beaver stadium we're at the 40 45 uh the one that's bizarre is akinshire stadium heinz field because they have the writers from the 50 to the 10 and then they have the broadcast bill hillgrove they're about the 10 yard line and then we're in the end zone and and yeah, behind the ends, I'm talking between the goal line and the end mm-hmm. line. It's okay, no offense to the writers, like we're doing the game in real time, shouldn't we be at the 50? <laughs> hey, you're writing after the game, you've got replays left and right and so forth, can't you be? <laughs> hey, I kind of felt they had that one reversed. That was a little, I thought that's a kind of a bizarre way to do it.
0: I'll leave you with this, then, Steve. I think one thing I want to ask, we we talked about number of years and there are a lot of numbers of years there. How much longer do you want to keep doing this?
2: Well, if I feel the way I feel now, I think I've got at least 10 to 12 more seasons left in me. You know, I feel, I feel great. You know, hair color has changed over the years. (laughs) Uh, Number of follicles has changed over the years. (laughs) But I mean, I work with great people. I have a great time with it. Uh, I enjoy the job more than ever. And the key is to keep yourself as sharp as possible. You know, you don't want to be somebody that's fading into the sunset, trying to hang on to the job either. That would be wrong for whomever would be next to do the job or you'd be holding them back. But again, I, if I feel the way I feel now, I could go another 10 to 12 years. Cause I, you know, right now, knock on wood, I feel pretty good.
1: Are you as excited Great. for the season now as you were 10 years ago?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: I, mean, yeah. Yeah. Steve, I always, I, I always have, I mean, obviously this team is one that this, this is a team that um, has a lot of possibilities uh, and they have a lot of talent. Now it's a question of whether they can get over the hurdles you know, and everybody knows what the hurdles happen to be, uh, and if they can do that, then, you know, it, this is the last year of the fourteen team playoff, and then after that it goes to 12, mm-hmm. and maybe, depending on new contracts, maybe down the road it goes to 16, mm-hmm. which will be exciting and different. Uh, new places to go to down the road. I mean, I've never been to Oregon or Washington, um, so I mean, that's, you know, and we can you know one of these days we'll talk about realignment. Uh, I so I was in Hershey last Thursday, Steve, with um, Mike Rhodes, and so it got to the football part. So the football part was my part, and it was a, you know, I was doing Q and A, and somebody asked me about Oregon and Washington, and before I even started an answer, you know, there's a couple hundred people there. The groan in the room, like. Uh, like, wow. And then I was talking with Mike Gross from Lancaster, and he said he was around a group. And the same thing happened with that when he, when it was brought up. People groaned about it.
1: Interesting. I'm excited about those places. I can't wait to go to them.
2: Well, me too. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's exciting. And, and I was honest with him. I said, look, I said, here's the bottom line. When Nebraska came in, I was like, eh, okay, you needed a 12 team. You know, you couldn't get Notre Dame. So, okay, you know, poured in the storm. They, yeah, Nebraska works. That's fine. So I was fine with it. Maryland and Rutgers, well, it's great to have them close and you can drive. No offense to them. I was not like excited about them being in the conference. So it was like it's like eh, all right. Well, if this is what they think they have to do, well, this is different. <laughs> USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, West Coast swings. Everybody's job in the Big Ten as a coach. So whether you are Chip Kelly, Mick Cronin, uh, Lincoln Riley, Andy Enfield, Kalen DeBoer, Mike Hopkins, Dana Altman, or Dan Lanning, your job starting in 2024 just got much harder. At the same time, if you are Juwan Howard, Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, right, Chris Holtman, James Franklin, Mike Rhodes, right? Luke Fickle, great you guard. Know, Greg Gard, Your job just got harder starting in 2024 as well because the conference will be so much deeper. But you can still get to the playoff with two and maybe three losses, depending on who it is because of the expanded playoff. But everybody's job just got harder. And I think for fans, it's exciting because I think the schedules will get deeper.
0: I hope so. I think so too, though. Yeah. Steve knows that I disagree on on. With, with this Steve on that I I'm I don't know we'll save that discussion for for another day you would have been uh, one of
2: the ones that groaned
0: oh yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it, honestly it's for me is we enjoy going I've been to a lot of Penn State football games home and away I've, I've missed about five in the last 10 years I keep looking at the the, the bank statement you know and start thinking <laughs> you know and no offense to you steve but it's it's covered for you so that's, <laughs> that's that's part of it that's true all right yeah.
2: steve oh, that's we'll talk about that another time it's interesting yeah. you know you're losing the regionalism but you're gaining the nationalism of it and i think it's an, an right. interesting uh it's an interesting debate between people you know, and a friendly debate
0: Yes, yes, yes it, is. yes, it is. Steve, this was a friendly conversation. This is your moment to shine, even though this was all <laughs> your moment to shine. What would you like to plug? What what would you like to let people know that are listening? No. Where I can just... they where can they find Steve Jones' broadcast this this fall and
2: winter? Oh, well, we're on we're on sixty stations on the radio network, plus go psusports plus I think iTunes, plus I think Sirius XM, so I'm usually the last person to ask (laughs) if you would ask somebody in charge at Learfield, they'd they'd be able to tell you the entire list chapter and verse, but I know we get going with the uh, talk show, uh, James Franklin and the coaches show on the 31st and then uh, six o'clock on the second. uh, Let's see. You know, Steve asked me about the anticipation of the season. Well, that will be go time. Let's see what they have. All right.
1: Thank you very much, Steve.
0: Thank you, Steve, very much.
2: Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. A great time.
0: Steve? I think the main takeaway for me was the, the part about him Steve Jones mowing his lawn on game days. Like I am I'm kind of sitting here chuckling about the fact that Steve Jones is just driving by Steve Jones's house and he's like, Oh, wait, there's a football game in about a couple hours. He's out there cutting the grass.
1: So basically what you're saying is he has a more of a wide-ranging life than we do, because he's mowing his lawn, and I'm probably getting ready to set up a tailgate or having set up a tailgate. So yeah. he's more yeah. productive on Saturdays.
0: It, it, clearly, clearly.
1: Um, but the best part that he said that I didn't bring up um, was that that Bud Tallman met him at his house, right? Or came to had him come to his house to tell him about the job. So Bud Tallman, long-time PR guy for Penn State, before he was for Penn State, he did Navy. He had Roger Stallback. He did the Buffalo Bills. He had OJ Simpson that he did PR for, right? When OJ Simpson was traded to the San Francisco 49ers, Bud went into the office because they were trading him. They lived next door. Bud and his wife lived next door to the TV broadcaster anchor in Buffalo, whoever that was at the time. That guy came over and was talking to Bud's wife. And she's like, oh, Bud went into the office. They're trading OJ. That guy then went on the air and broke the news that OJ was being traded because Bud didn't break it equally among everybody else. So he learned from that lesson to make sure that nobody knew that was happening with Steve, apparently, when that was
0: happening. That is interesting. That's a good little backstory on that that little backstory that was in the interview. um, Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. I, I think for me, you can, and I brought this up with him on the podcast, on the interview, you can really tell the camaraderie and the chemistry that, that he has both with the on the air and, and off the air people. And I think that comes through. And I think that's what makes for a lot of people listening to a Penn State broadcast, so comfortable, so warm. So it is, Having Steve on this podcast, Steve Jones, the more, slightly more famous one, um, that one, you know, that that's very cool because that is that is a voice of my youth. That is the voice that I think of when I think of football, him and Bill Hill, Hillgrove growing up listening to games on the radio. Um, so, you know, I think that really, and then that, that chemistry really shines through. The other thing that I was floored at was him saying that April, he has his game sheets um done and ready that is just insane to me to for that long
1: yeah he just gets i, I knew he he got him done ahead of time i thought it might have been may or june but yeah so he's done that far in advance and then move stuff around i i think maybe the whole new nil stuff and then in the free agency basically of college football could maybe tweak some of that and what he does but again you got stuff done you know it's not going to change you got your sheets done you're and you can tweak it so his preparation i think is is one of the things that makes him super at what he does I think you know who he's cheering for, who he's who he's calling the game for, like he talked about. And it's not cheering; that's not that's not the right word. But you know who's paying the bill and who who's doing it. And I think that's that's fine. That he's the Penn State guy, so I, I like I like everything about what he does because I know what the team's doing. I know I'm not going to miss anything with him. Like when he talked about how much longer he's going to do it, he's sharp still. There's not there's not. I don't ever feel like I'm missing anything, and mm-hmm. I do feel like I can tune in and know what's going on. Just by listening to the tone of their voice, I can be like, "Oh, this must be a closer game than I thought." If I wasn't paying attention before, and those kind of things.
0: I would be. Uh, I would be interested to almost ask that same question to Jack because I feel like it really comes through with Jack a little bit more. On a close game, he gets very. He doesn't get tense, but he gets very intense, and you can. It can really tell when his football brain is, is plugged in and working. And I, I I've always picked up on that from an early age.
1: Well, and he's he's more of a wee guy. Steve's right. Steve does not. Yeah. Steve says Penn State. Jack will say we, right?
0: which is fine, which is and, and fine.
1: Totally. Jack wore the uniform and played for him too. So that's,
0: yeah. You know, that, That's thing. also a great point. Yeah. It, it's funny. You said that Corey Geiger and I used to have a, I, he used to have a conversation about this. I never would write we obviously, but he always said, you can't say we, unless you, um, unless you play for them or you got your degree there. And, and I thought that was, that was always kind of an interesting way to look at it. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, and I, th- I think Steve, much like Brian Tripp, does a great job with this too, is there is a professionalism of the big moment happened, regardless of who the big moment happened for, you know that that big moment happened. Um, and I think that is what makes regional broadcasters great. Um, it can be frustrating when you listen to some baseball games um, and you've got the regional broadcasters in there, you can tell who they are who is paying the bills a lot more clearly. And it's just very, it, it loses its emphasis. It loses, like, I, it, it feels cheap. It cheapens the experience, I think. Um, because you as a sports fan know that was an insane catch. That was a big moment in this game. Call it out. Like, that. you are my eyes and ears of the game as a sports announcer. Call it out. And I think Steve does a great job of that.
1: Yep, I think it's a great assessment.
0: All right, Steve. Samson, this one um we've got a, a little segment that you worked up you want to you want to tee it up you, your little homework se- segment this me? this week yeah this is you i think this was your idea the five things yeah yeah well and i think this comes from your newsletter which you can it subscribe does. to so, it, so at summer frame says it? Dot com it five things go ahead in the stadium five things in the stadium that you would change about the penn state game day experience right that was the homework assignment sure let's go with that. Oh God! all right i you think that's what first? i did all right you um, want to go first
1: yeah you go first because i'm mine are going to freak you out and mine you already know a couple of them oh god
0: all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go five to one because there is yep. there is a minor priority list to to the number one thing on my list yep. all right number five and i think you'll agree with this one out of town scores that actually matter i want to see out of town live updating scores that actually matter i know for a fact that i can get the score of the ohio state game at that very second if the cell phone service is working to what down they're on what yard line they're on where the ball what hash it's in if it's a pass it's a throw a punt so that would be my number five uh, okay that i would fix fix in in the stadium this one is a little under stadium but i'm gonna roll with it i'm gonna squeeze it in there fudge it in there for uh, this was, was a it's graded on completion, not on quality. Um, okay. Number four is more local food vendors. We've talked about this before. More local food vendors inside Beaver Stadium. I, I, I want to taste Pennsylvania when I walk into the stadium. I want on the east side, you, you, I'm stealing your idea, but on the east side, I want um, I want Philly cheesesteaks. And on the west side, I want pierogies and, and Bermany Brothers sandwiches or whatever. Yeah,
1: they should be eat. listening and doing this stuff tomorrow.
0: I heard a rumor that, and I don't, I think there is a look going to be like a more local brewery, brewery yes, in the yep, stadium yep. this yep. year. Um, I don't know. I, I apologize. I forget what the name of that is, Um, but I think that's a good little, good little thing. We, we had, um you know, guests on from the the creamery a few weeks back and, and they talked about the importance of having that in the stadium it should be a showcase of, of Pennsylvania, you know, very much like the, the uh, farm show this, when you go to the farm okay. show, you get a taste of everything in PA.
1: And to to play on it, they, there should be a media day for that, right? Like maybe it's the twenty sixth mm. when they do this fan fan practice day or whatever the heck that's going to be. Invite the media to come taste the flavors of Pennsylvania; they're going to be available in the stadium next week, right? You get the soft stories, you get the promotion, you get whatever. It's great.
0: Steve, is that you saying that you're just you just want to go eat food? Is that what you're saying? No, so I think it's a great idea. Saying? I think the activation
1: <laughs> is, is what I'm excited about. I'm, oh, you're doing okay. you're hitting a thousand. Okay. You've gotten great so far. Can't wait. All right. Um,
0: number three, um the pregame video for the last five years, six years, maybe even more, has felt a little stale. Um, Maybe make one. You've got enough people on that that staff, hopefully. Maybe make one for each game. Maybe give me a new storyline. Maybe less Joe Paterno's feet and more, I don't know, but more LeVar Leap, I guess, would be.
1: Maybe Todd Blackledge and Kurt Warner for the first game somehow in this, against West Virginia. Oh,
0: that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good little little, little acknowledgement there. Show me some, some footage
1: from that whatever else, and, and, and set the stage. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, and usually they do do a nice job of anytime Mr. Blackledge is, is back in Beaver Stadium, we they usually do a good job of acknowledging him and, yeah. and and saying, "Welcome back, Todd." Um, okay, number two. This one is a little interesting. I. I feel like one scoreboard should be dedicated specifically to replays. Like I should know the play is over. Okay. I'm going to turn and look for the replays on that scoreboard. You don't always get the replays and then you get the little, like, make some noise animations. And I just want, like sometimes I just want to watch the replay. That is, I am sacrificing replays as a fan coming to the stadium. So give me the replays here.
1: I'm going to take you off track a second. Okay, okay. The make some noise animations and the guys they recorded at Haluba Hall six weeks ago. Let me hear you, Beaver Stadium. Thumbs up or thumbs down.
0: I, I knew you were gonna, I almost put that on the list. I am okay. I almost put that on the list because I knew it would, would make you chuckle. I am okay with the like there's like the make some noise, that that one. But I okay. the player ones, the player ones feel a little forced, little like kind of prisoner captive like i was forced to do this (laughs) well
1: they're probably getting paid now i feel less i feel less prisoner captive now they're they're probably getting Um, paid for it
0: some of them have been very good there have been others that have been total duds that's all i'll say on that okay number one number one i've talked about this before i've said this time and time i think we did a similar list a couple of maybe about a year and a half ago I want a light show in the stadium. I want the the new lights that can do the light show. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I do. You don't want the phone okay. light thing. You want full on lights. No, sport. I want the
0: full on like, just like imagine flashing strobe lights and Zombie Nation playing and. It'd be like great.
1: Purdue, where football tickets cost fifteen dollars.
0: Exactly. Oh, God damn it! I think this was it. we actually had this conversation, like the exact same conversation, Purdue same. episode. I it was great. I like it. it's cool. Alabama, I think
1: I th- think I think people would enjoy it. Gets the people going. All right. Okay, I'll number five for me. Okay. It's seating. Solve the student seating situation. Let them What's get their asses that? in there quicker. Let them get geeked. I just think it always feels so slowly. Not maybe they're arriving late. Maybe whatever. Let's go back to festival seating for the students. Pick your seat. Get your ass down there where you want to be, and let's get the game going. I don't.
0: I don't think that's a structure thing i think that student's not showing up when i was um involved with nittanyville we and this was right around fireworks kind of started coming we had talked about them shooting off fireworks to let you know there's 30 an hour till kickoff and then 30 30 minutes till cook up kickoff i know that the steelers do something like that um and they also have like they have their horn they have a true like steel mill horn that they they blow off um, that goes and kind of says, all right, time to get the work is what they call it. I think that's like I that to me activate the students earlier and then people they know, okay, gotta get to the game now.
1: that's fair. might not make a difference, but that's fair. yeah, um I'd sell service number four,
0: right? like I just think no, yeah,
1: it's just it's almost I appreciate how many people are there. I understand how many people are there. I can use all my fingers and toes a couple hundred times and count how many people are there. It just feels like they, they should better figure that issue out. New York City doesn't have issues. Bring in some portable antennas, do something, and let people not be wondering what's going on.
0: It's gotten mildly better, and I don't know if that is just because I switched cell phone providers a few years back, mm-hmm. but it has gotten mildly better for me. That being said, it 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 is ridiculous that you can't really get cell phone service
1: and then, during a game going to your number five or four and and it's the exact opposite of the cell phone service give me out of town scores give me out of town scores that matter announce them don't put them on the ribbon board small where i'm going to miss it people give a shit that ohio state is losing any day all the time they care if michigan's losing any day all the time they care about notre dame they care about the number one team in the country you'll get some pop from the fans one way or the other share the scores like it it seems
0: easy it did happen but it wasn't consistent and i actually almost wrote that down as my list of of things that bother me in stadium is like consistency one week they'll play sweet caroline at this part and then the next week they won't even play it at all Um, you covered
1: baby uh, oh even goodness is chiming in i've got you covered we do this This number two consistency of the show Make every third down the same. Like, even if it's third and one in the first quarter, if you're going to play Jaws and zoom in and out on the third down sign, you do it on third down the first quarter, just like you do it in the fourth quarter. I want to know when Neil Diamond's coming. I want to know when Bon Jovi's coming. And I want it to be the same every time. You know, Zombie Nation, when something goes off big, play that. But the rest of the time, don't put your finger in the air and say, oh, we're going to get people excited because it's this thing that's going to work. Let us know how the show runs. Let us be a part of it because the stuff's consistent and we know when to get into it.
0: Consistency. Here we go
1: um one? well you know and you don't like it at all mm. well you don't you don't like that i don't like it i mm. would improve your pre-game video and make a new one for every game and time it out so that, that video ends with the team coming out of the tunnel and running on the field i don't need that mike man who i don't care about i care about the players if i care about anything at all i want to see mike them man. running on the field so mike are man. you ready for penn state football that's be just that would be gone.
0: For those just tuning in, and whoever the mic man is, I apologize on behalf of my podcast partner, because he <laughs> apparently has a vendetta. Here's what I think. Back in the, the 80s, Steve didn't get that job. Um, no, we didn't do that back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They said, let's
1: bring on the Lions. That was it. Mm-hmm. They came to the thing, which is great. You're in an arena, you're in a coliseum for competition, and they're going to bring on the Lions. It was wonderful. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We did solve a lot of problems there. People would listen. They'd have better food. They'd have better sellers, out of out of town schoolers.
0: Your Are five you have a better
1: chance of getting adopted than my five.
0: Uh, I am I'm still just shook about the I knew it was I you know I knew it was coming when I was sitting down and I was like, Steve's gonna say the Mike Man thing. Here he says the Mike Man thing. I I will say, and I brought this up the last time we just got did a similar list to this. I uh the one thing that Michigan does that I, I thoroughly enjoy is their entrance, um, and it is timed in that manner with the like a it's they have the ultimate flex because James Earl Jones is an alumni, so they got him to do their their pregame pump up video. But it's timed with them with like I think it's a one of the older maybe Bo or somebody some one of the older coaches, and then. It shows him letting the team go, and then right as you see that, you also see Harbaugh let the team go, and they run out on the field and into the banner thing. It's very cool. It, I, it, maybe I'd
1: care less about the the, the football "Are you ready?" thing if the if I would take a victory of the consistency thing, right? Like we're going to do this at this time. This is what we're committed to, and it's you know it from week to week, so fans can count on it. If I could get that, I think that'd be a W in terms of game presentation.
0: I think that's fair. I, I don't think anything you said anything I disagree with there. Um all right. Anything else you want to beat up on the, the stadium folks? No,
1: no, my guy's taking a break now. He's going to a neutral okay. corner to recover from his
0: wounds. Yeah, because you put a beat down on him. That poor guy. We're gonna get him on for an interview. <laughs>
1: <He> <laughs> should
0: you let you guys <laughs> let you guys just go at it. Hey, why is your job You hey, know,
1: and that's the kid. The reason the kid wants the job is to be the kid that says, Are oh, you ready for Penn State football too? Like's the best part about the gig, right? So You know that
0: that, that is I mean, look, I am I am friends with somebody that was the lion. I wanted to be the lion, but you know, I realized that I can move on, and I think it's time for you, to, Steve, to move on because you didn't get that job, and that's why you're bitter about it. I'm telling you, because you you that that is why you're bitter about it. All right, moving on, Steve. Happy first day of classes to you. Um, Ooh, welcome to fall semester at Penn State. Welcome to fall semester, uh, which means we're getting closer to football season. Thank God. Um, but more importantly, I want to know this question in this week's Old Guy, Young Guy, Steve. What was Steve Sampson's favorite elective? Non-college of com, non-needed to re- require to graduate, but kind of required to graduate class that he took at Penn State.
1: I had a Russian history class, like Russian and Soviet history, like in, okay. the, in the 80s, which was interesting. And the stories that come with the best The classes that come with the best stories are gym classes, both electives. Handball, I think we've talked about before.
0: No, we haven't.
1: Oh, okay. So handball class, spring senior year.
0: Team or individual?
1: Individual. So you played in rec hall. There were like 16 kids in the class. There were eight courts. So if you won, you moved to your right. If you lost, you moved to your left. And the grade was a bell curve based on where you ended up in the rooms. You were allowed three misses. This is
0: competitive.
1: Yes. You were allowed three three misses during the semester. The last day of classes after the Russian history class in, in Willard building. Yeah. I went down to the cafe and patiently waited for them to open at 11. And we stayed there all day. And about 1.15, I realized I had a 125 gym class and I probably wasn't in condition to go. And I'm pretty sure it was my fourth miss. So we weighed the merits of failing college because you missed the fourth handball class. Or staying there and not and not showing up. Um, I did not go, so I assume maybe my math was off on the number that I missed, and I did pass the gym class. But there was a lot of drama outside the cafe for just a little bit about, well, Steve, you you could fake it through gym class. You could you you'd be all right in the shape you're in, and it wouldn't have been pretty. So um, so that was that one. And then fall of that year, fall of senior year, I took cross country, skiing,
0: skiing, skiing,
1: cross country skiing, which was the the, the golf course um, check-in area, pro shop was still in recall hall at that time on on backside recall. hall. So you got your skis there. You had to cross Atherton street to go skiing and um, the weather was warm. So we did a lot of running. There wasn't a lot of snow, but the one day there was snow, I got my skis, started to cross Atherton street, the skis over my shoulder, got just over the other side and slipped on some some ice and fell down and the skis like hit me. So I busted my lip up cross-country skiing before I ever got on the skis. Um, and then I skied and then I went to the collegiate and, and and met my wife-to-be, whom I was dating then, and she said, what happened to your lip? And I told her that I fell carrying cross-country skis and she told me I was kind of a dumbass and I probably had don't disagree.
0: Well, that's so there deep. you go. I didn't know the handball, did not know the handball story. It wasn't my favorite elective, but I do have an elective related similar story. Um, so this would have been my sophomore year. Uh, there was a class that I don't know why we took it, but I took it with Connor Hooley who worked at, with the collegium with me. Um, it was taught by this Irish guy. His name was, was either Scottish or Irish. Uh, it was His name was Garrett something, and I totally forget his last name. Um, but it was in West Commons, and it was a medieval warfare class. Um, and it was, it was a relatively easy elective. You just kind of had to study for it. And the night before a big test, like it wasn't maybe the, the, the final, but it was, it would have been like one of the first tests of the year. Cause it was, it was February, uh, Penn state played Michigan at the BJC. And this is the Trey Burke year that Penn state beat them. Uh, it was, it was, They were the number two or three team. They went on to the final four that year, I think. Maybe that wasn't the year they won a national championship. I I can't remember exactly. Um, But we rushed the court and it was, it was really, it still is one of my favorite memories as a Penn State student. And so we went, we're like, well, we have to go celebrate. We have to go celebrate. We went to Chris Holmes's apartment um, and, and Matt Trable, God rest his soul. He was like, here, take a shot of this to celebrate. And I said, dumb sophomore said, sure. It was a shot of Everclear. And I am 125 pounds at this point, like soaking wet. And I started to feel a little fuzzy at at that point. (laughs) And then somehow, and I'm like, guys, I got to take, I have to take this test. I need to go study for this test. They're like, somebody else handed me, I think it was Matt again, handed me another shot of Everclear. Anyways, long story short, I was fine, but I made it back to Pollock, stayed up till 5 a.m. that morning studying for this test because I had to wait until the alcohol worked its way enough through my system (laughs) that I could retain the information that I was learning and took the test. I think I passed the test. I passed the class. It was a very interesting class.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: did you add that food was, to help
1: it help get sooner through, Or did you
0: just I uh, so I used to go into the mix. I don't know, I don't know if the mix is still uh, still, well, there. still there. But I mean... Um you I would buy a half gallon of, of iced tea, creamery iced tea, and then like a Reese's or two and eat those. Um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what my favorite elective the one that I took that was probably the most interesting that has no bearing on my life whatsoever was a was a class all about Australia it was just about the history of Australia that one was nice. relatively interesting. I of course took the Beatles class um and I think I took the rap the history of rap class oh, wow. as well. Those are yeah, were the two that. other. I, I didn't take any gym class, classes though.
1: Yeah, I remember the, those as electives. I had a yeah, an olympic his, olympic sports history class but I think that might have been my minor. It's part of my mind that it accounted for so
0: yeah yeah
1: all right well nice, nice enough
0: about our, our favorite elective there are good stories there um all right let's recap the show um thank you to steve jones for spending some time with us um i don't know, I, I, I don't really feel like he needs the plug but as as he mentioned that you can listen to him on the penn state sports network this, this fall cullen football games and then over the winter column basketball games. Um, Let's see. We've got merch now. This is the first time we're saying this, so you can go buy merch. Uh, It is stuffsummersets.com backslash the stuff, all one word there, the stuff. Um, Really excited about those. We've got uh let's see, we've got a newsletter. We just sent one out last week. It was it was it was very interesting for Mr. Samsel. Um, he really wants a, a hockey game and I also really want a hockey game at Beaver Stadium. Um, those are some of the tips of things we talk about there. Uh, you can sign up at stuffsummersays.com backslash newsletter. Um do that. We've got emails. Mine is Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve's this?
1: Steve at stuffsummersays.com
0: um we've got uh we've got a youtube page in this general vicinity you should hit the like and subscribe button um we've got a podcast which you're listening to um it is uh well i gotta get the five star and thumbs up thing first. five five star thumbs up make sure you do that we have social handles we have a slight announcement about those I did join TikTok. I didn't tell you about that one, Steve. Well, uh, so your your clips are out there on the TikTok first. You are on TikTok now. Great. Are you excited? Great. Woo-hoo. Super excited. Um, so hey, you're girl, on jog there. Traffic, baby. Um, at stuff. Summer says you, should jog, you
1: should tag the Glasgow Rangers when you do that. Now, maybe we'll get some.
0: Yes. Yes. Wait until the wait until the Glasgow Rangers episode of, of this podcast, um, and then I get an Instagram, which is Stuff Summer says... Uh, we're posting similar content there. There's a contest on there. You can win some merch. Um, this is a lot of stuff to plug. We're at the end. It is my Twitter handle, which is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is. At Steve Sampson. Did we miss anything?
1: No, thanks for sticking with us. If you're this
0: far, if you be pieced it up and you come to the end, you need to go back because you missed some good stuff. You missed a lot of good stuff. And you're not going to want to miss next week's episode because uh, it's uh, it's football. We get to talk about football. I'm excited. All right. Goodbye.